you've joined Pathways to Resilience, the podcast where real people share real stories, helping us build our playbook toward resilience. And now here's the host of the show, Melissa Santos. Hello, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to Pathways to Resilience. I am really excited. I have been so looking forward to my conversation with Aliza Carpio. Uh, Aliza is the Director of Tech Evangelism at Autodesk. She's also a tech speaker, a blogger, and a podcast host. Welcome, Aliza. My gosh, Melissa, I first of all want to say thank you for the honor and privilege to be here and spend time talking about choosing grit as a path mm-hmm. to resilience. Um, and in, uh, yes, I am from Autodesk, but for our discussion, the perspectives and the views here are my own. Yes. And, um, but I'm really just excited to also be, be here with you. We've talked about this. So this journey finally is here. So it I'm is. really excited. Yay. It is. And I, you know, I want to actually start with talking about that journey in a nutshell, because for me, it, completely exemplifies what we're trying to do with this podcast. Um, So we have a mutual friend and colleague, Lisa Washington, who I want to give a shout out to because this podcast really was her brainchild and heart child. And um, as she was coaching me, uh, she started just kind of hooking me up with these 20 or 30 minute sync ups via Zoom with different people in the industry who she saw as thought leaders and content experts. And you were one of them as a podcaster and a blogger and just who she saw as just an incredible woman. And our conversation was really about, okay, what microphone should I have? What headset should I, right? That's where we started. And And then when we talked about the purpose of creating the we, of creating corporate and organizational and company and community culture, that sees one another for who we are and all of who we are, that we can bring our whole selves, the selves of ourselves that are, you know, the successful strengths we bring, and also the pieces of ourselves that are much more vulnerable. When we started talking about that, it, this connection happened. And so me, you know, I'm a social worker, you're a tech evangelist, which I think is the coolest job title ever. And yet we had so much commonality in what we want for ourselves, for our work environments, for the community. And so to me, that's what this is about. It's about bridging the mission of community solutions and the work that we do around trauma and resilience and mental health and support for survivors with corporate culture and the, and our, just our larger community conversation around, we're all going through tough stuff we have different privileges, we have different experiences, but coming together and supporting one another and lifting one another up um, is really what humanity is about. So, oh. yes, and all that matters. Yes. Um, and um, as you had given Lisa Washington a shout out, I definitely miss working with her directly. She is she is also a queen in my eyes. So thank Agreed. you for, for sharing that. And yes, I'm I'm very excited to have this opportunity to not just talk about the microphones you should have. <laughs> <laughs> Although I but. have my Yeti Nano. <laughs> <laughs> and you sound great. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. so excited to, to definitely be a part of the story that we're all trying to tell. And I love what you said around supporting one another and elevating one another, because really that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's start yeah. with you telling us a little bit about yourself, Aliza. 
Oh my gosh. Um, sure. Um, I am present <laughs> because um, the most valuable, priceless, and immeasurable thing that you can give anyone, including yourself, is time. So for me, being present and being in the moment is the choice I make in every interaction. I am one of those that definitely people sometimes at work go, I was slacking you. I'm, I know you were, but I was in this meeting and you you cannot you cannot like change my that moment for me. So I'm definitely here. But besides that, and besides that existential like statement that I make, <laughs> so important though, <laughs> is that I'm Alisa Carpio, and by profession I am a tech evangelist at Autodesk. I was also one at Intuit prior to Autodesk. Um, beyond that, I have many roles. I am forever a student of life. I'm a nerd at heart. Um, I started my career as an engineer, um, and I love to study all things tech. I'm a wife, a sister, an aunt, a friend. I also do pro bono consulting for women-owned micro-businesses. It's a passion of mine. Um, and my hubby and I fund a small library um, in a community my mother was born in, in the Philippines. So lots going on, but yeah. I'm sure like so many other amazing women and men out there. Um, it's, it's a, it's a big package, <laughs> a huge package. You know, I have to just acknowledge your statement to say that you are present because that just that alone, if we were to take nothing else from this conversation now, more than ever, may we be present with ourselves and with one another. We can't get to the supporting and the lifting up and the celebrating without actually listening and being curious and staying present. And you absolutely exude that. I mean, we've spoken a few times, but I feel so connected Aww. because you are so, you are so present and attentive. Um, and yeah, that I really, that's, that's one thing for, I think for everyone to take from this is, are we being present? We were, you and I were talking before we started recording just about taking the time to stop and to be and to think and to cre be, create. Um, and that's that presence with ourselves. Yeah. Yes. I think many times we've become mechanical um, and, and realize that our souls are not being fed. And so being present means all of it altogether. So uh, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. So there were so many things that we talked about um, in our previous conversations. Um, a lot of it was around building this we. And as, as we talked about your various roles and experiences, the choosing grit came up as a topic, which I love. Um, and so and we talked really about it being a piece of it was being a woman of color in the tech world and starting as an engineer and building your career at the beginning and in this current environment. So can you talk to us about what has been, have been some of the challenges as a woman of color in the tech world and how, how, how tapping into your grit has helped you to be resilient? But, um, Huge question. And again, so topical in these times. Um, but before I actually answer the question, I'd like to share some numbers with you. 
Um, and maybe some of these you already know, but um, I think it's good to ground on them. Um, so these are provided by a couple of sources that I have that, are, that I quote a lot. Um, one is from altogethersui.org, which is we as software engineer. Um, and from two, 2019, they wrote an article um, that cited a bunch of stats, which hasn't, uh, unfortunately, hasn't moved much. I would say we're getting better, but it hasn't moved as much as I would want. So for women, for example, entering as freshmen into engineering, math, stats, or some sort of a STEM degree, only 9.5% of young women are going to go into engineering compared to 27.9% of men. Now, during college, think about that number, 9.5%, 32% of them are going to switch out of that wow. while they're in college. So you're already starting with a small number. And I, I know because I remember looking around and being in my computer lab going, am I the only one? Um, <laughs> yep. Good, good grief. <laughs> so, um, and then upon graduation, about only about 20% of those people, of the, the women that are remaining, are going to graduate with an engineering degree. And 6% of that 20% um, are represented by women of color. Wow. Um, and so it's like the disparity, the, it's huge, right? Um, we also found, and, and I see this all the time, that really only 30% of the women in the workforce actually stay as engineers, um, you know, 10 years and out. So when we talk about that, where in the workforce uh, right now about, in my field, about 26% of the total number of software engineers across the world are women, only 26%. About 13% of those, um, you know, are definitely staying as engineers. So it's, again, small. Um, but then when you start thinking about going up in ranks, right? So I'm at director level now. Um, women occupy less than 15% of executive roles. Um, and two-thirds of the women in tech will quit in 15 years. Hmm. Um, and in the same study, as uh, as we think about the workforce, how are we helping our young women, our early career? We find that about 25% of them in any given survey will say they're not getting the career support they need. So that's the environment. Yes, you can say things are changing and they're evolving, but man, it's a little slow. And all of us have to play a role in that. Um, I remember being one of eight women in a building of 350. Wow. I remember being called a kid to my face in a meeting. And I think I've mentioned that to you. Yes. Or talking about me in a, like, I'm not there, but I'm there. I'm sitting there with you. And I'll hear things like, well, what does the kid say? Um, I'm also, and I recently, and I know this is going to trigger some women out there, but, but um, I have recently, about two months ago, was asked, how technical am I? And uh, it's a big, big trigger for me, but I'm learning to breathe. I'm also learning to lean in on inquiry of asking and understanding what is the intent behind that question. And it was interesting after that moment, it was about a month and a half ago, um, I asked my husband just at dinner saying, hey, have you ever been asked about how technical you are? And he was like, oh, you mean like in an interview? Like when they ask you a question, I said, no, I'm talking about like, I go into a meeting, meeting the person I'm on zoom and like, they start talking. They're like, oh, wait, Alisa, how technical are you? And yet you didn't ask that of anyone else. Right. And so it's, it's a trigger. Yeah. You're like, not in an interview. I'm talking after 20 years in the field <laughs> and I'm still being asked. 
if, exactly. And do you think, what do you think is behind? Because as someone who's not in that, no, very few people ask me if I'm technical, um, just because I'm not in that world. Is that, a, what, what do you, what can you, what is some assumption you make of that question? That the world still has a way to go in terms yeah. of, it, there, there still is. It's it's not, I'm not going to fault one versus the other. We still right. have a way to go to break down these barriers, to break down the biases that are inherent in people or in how they were raised. And I'm not going to say, oh, it's only the older people that say that. I'm like, no, it's all right. levels, right? right? Um, I remember going into a university and um, and I said, uh, we were interviewing inter- for interns. And I remember one engineer asked me, um, so Elisa, I know you have a goal of making sure that about 30% of our hires for interns are women in tech. Um, are we going to have to lower our standards? And I said, oh. wait a minute. And, and this guy and I are peers. And I said, I never said to lower standards. I said, we needed to increase diversity in our candidate pool and in the number of women that we bring in to our company as early career. And so I know it kind of like, I was very like stern about it. (laughs) You know, we don't, we, we, we didn't joke about it at all. And I mean, it, it basically, the next question he asked then was like, well, how are we going to do this? And I said, well, the thing is, is that we need to figure out ways to go to them versus Mm -hmm. expecting that the same way that we've been doing things is going to attract them. And Mm -hmm. so we've made some clear changes. Um, I, for example, changed a hackathon to being a one-person hackathon uh, or coding challenge to allowing teams to actually join. And that changed, that partly changed, um, you know, the makeup of the population that was joining. So these biases are definitely alive and well. And I think each one of us has an opportunity to teach, even if you're triggered, <laughs> even yes. if it like, you're like, oh my God, did he just say that? Or did that person just say that? So I'll tell you right now that in the beginning, um, and sometimes I still find myself doing this, but in the beginning of my career, I took it and I focused on changing what was making people think I'm a kid or make them think I'm not technical. I'll be honest. I am, I am petite and. Um, um, and Zoom has changed, and I've seen these studies how Zoom has changed the landscape where I go into a meeting and I am going to be the smallest one, but on Zoom, we all look the same, right? Yes, that's so funny. I was actually at a meeting, an offsite meeting a couple of weeks ago with a group I'm working with, and I they we had this moment of like, whoa, you're super tall. Oh my gosh. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. 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 And so it's a normalizing technique now. I like, I love the fact that we are, I mean, I have a fully remote role, so I love this. Now, as I mentioned to you, like in the beginning, I was just taking it and I was working on myself to make them stop thinking I'm a kid or that I'm not technical. And I worked hard on my communication skills and worked hard in making sure I delivered something with high quality, with speed. But it was a race that I realized I had no winners because all I was doing was competing with overcoming the insecure, the diminishing thoughts in my mind. And so how did I get out of that? I think for me, it's going to be a lifelong journey. Now, for some, maybe it's not, maybe they've been able to shake it off, but it's a lifelong journey for me. And so this is where grit comes in. And grit, as I look it up, right, it's about courage and resolve and really leaning in on the strength of character. But I really think about it as in steps. So the first step of choosing grit is acceptance. 
I was operating in disbelief that that these kinds of things of being called a kid or being asked um, if I'm technical enough was happening to me. But by accepting, I realized I could do something about it. And I can then play the ball where it lies instead of being on the defensive and trying to make sure that the ball and the others don't come in. But instead, I realize that I can play on the offensive and take that charge, take charge of the situation versus thinking all of it was just happening to me and I can't do anything about it. Mm. I know I cannot change the bias others have, but I can create supportive network of colleagues and friends and I can tap into influential leaders of my company or other influencers who are aligned with my same principle and values. So that's the first step is acceptance. The second step for me after acceptance is to focus on the dialogue and the language that my mind or your mind and parts of your spirit may be speaking and determine what to keep and what to let go. And I love this one jewelry designer. And by the way, I found her because I love Michelle Obama and she was wearing some of her jewelry. Her name is Kimberly McDonald. She posted on Instagram this, this thing that said, don't let the negative rent speak don't let the negative rent space in your mind. Mm. And I love that because I think all of us have that. Uh, we all ruminate. We all can ruminate. Yeah. And we yet, give way too much space to that. Sometimes, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. Lots and then of, that language yeah. stays, right? You, you realize, oh my gosh, is that the language that I'm speaking now? Um, I am also, I also really practice gratefulness. So I am grateful for the wisdom of the elders in my family. Um, the first wisdom um, that I was taught is to embrace the notion that you are already successful by being here. Today, living today, you are already successful. And that's a big thing it's a to gift. say. What it's a, a gift. gift, right? Yeah. The second is that happiness and fulfillment is governed by the quality of my thoughts. And finally, the only way to deal with a challenge is to go through it because nothing is permanent and no one is immune from all the bad things or all the good things in life. Um, and going through, just I, I, I want to kind of mention this going through because it, it is a, a huge grit thing, right? Going through it is scary because it means that you have to feel the pain. It means that you have to feel the struggle. But at the same time, I promise you, it's empowering because you can determine how you go through it. And, how, and once you are through it, you can look back and understand the lesson the experience is imparting. Um, and so I've been talking about what it's like to be, you know, asked about how technical I am or what it's like to be looked at as young. And I think I'm always going to be looked at as young, whatever. I, I just have that, that gene, I guess. But more recently, in the last four years, as a woman in tech in a pretty big uh, tech company, I, I ended up getting three cancers. So I'm a three-time cancer survivor. And I have to admit, hearing me say this right now still brings up some angst. Mm. Um, when I learned about my first cancer, there was so much anxiety uh, that it took me a while. It took me days before I could tell my team and my boss um, and even days, like uh, even after, you know, going through surgery and, and recovering, even the coming back had so much anxiety because I felt like I worked so hard to be seen as technical, to be seen as a thought leader, to be seen as successful. 
um, in tech. But with cancer, I couldn't control that. And I had to once again go into this acceptance mode. But I learned so much more about what choosing grit and therefore about choosing grit and therefore being resilient means. Um, Recently, I was also reminded that I don't need to prove myself and that there's confidence from others in my ability. It's something you got to tell yourself because I think as women, and I'll just, I'm not saying men don't go through this, but as women, I know, I know we put in more energy. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. I'm just, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, guys, but I do know that. Um, and, and this has given me pause because there's been this dialogue, this language that I've been living for so long, which has always pushed me to do more. And you and I talked about this whole checklist thing, uh-huh. feeling uh, like, oh yeah, I'm accomplished because I checked off 20 things. Um, there's also like, you know, being in tech, I didn't want anyone to see me sweat and I didn't want anyone to think I don't have it. Um, but I realize sometimes when I do that, when I protect myself so much, I don't leave any room to be authentic. I don't leave any room to be vulnerable to learning. Um, And I still hesitate at times. And I'll be honest, um, even today to ask for help. So cancer for me has been something that I've had to not only because I I have to live it every day. I still see all of my oncologists, I would say every three or four months or six months. And it's always in the back of my head and always in the back of my head. I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be treated differently. Um, um, at work because I want to be seen as a woman in tech. So yes, I choose grit and I choose to go through the challenge. It is, I believe, a training of the mind and of the spirit. Wow. Thank you for all that. And, and thanks for sharing, sharing that vulnerability. I have, um, so many thoughts. One is, um, in our last episode, um, we talked to Megan Bull and she talked about vulnerability. Um, you listened. Yeah. That a confusing embarrassment or yes. not good enough with vulnerability. I just yes. so heard that in what you were saying. Um, yes. and but I, it's so necessary yeah. to actually have grit. It's so necessary because if you are not vulnerable, you are actually not embracing it all. Um, and some stuff is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I know Brene Brown says that we're wired for struggle. Sometimes it feels like I'm not wired enough. <laughs> right. Like where something happened. I got, I, I'm missing a wire or two. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and yet being wired for struggle still doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy thing to go through. I, I love, I love so much of what you said in the steps that you really were thoughtful about this idea of acceptance and not acceptance that it's okay, acceptance that it exists, acceptance that this happened. Um, And that's a lot of what I've been talking with people about and finding even in my own experience around acceptance that I've gone through this thing and that it impacted me and that, and period. (laughs) Um, And then once you accept it, looking inward at so what's my internal story about this thing that I'm telling myself? Right? Don't get stuck in the negative. Instead, try to find a way through it to see what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, um, if you can't control, let's say cancer, if you can't control the bias of that other person, what are you going to do? 
Um, for me, I chose to create a bunch of allies. I chose to be a role model whenever I hear of a woman say an idea, I back her up. I say something as Melissa said, blah, 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 whatever right. that is, right? So, so that to me is empowering. But until you can accept that this is happening, not that it's okay, you won't know that you have the power to do so much to, to make changes so that it can impact people's behavior towards you and it can impact, you know, your next step. And what's so powerful and what I'm loving about, and we, we knew we had something with this idea of like building this playbook towards resilience is that the acceptance and the dial, all of it is a, is a self-reflection thing. We're not looking for other people to accept it or notice it or right. We'll get there when you look for your allies, but it's starting with me. And, um, I also really, I always, it's actually through conscious leadership that teaches us that and many other actually teachings, but rather than seeing experiences as happening to me, how can my response be through me? So the idea that you use that word going through it and you're using grit and that you put vulnerability and grit in the same sentence. Cause I think that we could, we yeah. could easily grit can sound like rough, rough and right. hard, right. And that right. wall around me, I'm going and you're saying, yeah. and you're, it's actually a quite uh, much more of a vulnerable kind of grit that you're talking about. Yes. And I find it to be more graceful. Mm. Um, one of my cousins actually used that word. Um, my, uh, going through this cancer, I also lost my mother at the same time. The year after my last cancer, I lost my father also to cancer. It, it runs in the family. And I remember going through all of this. And one of my cousins, who was my mom's cardiologist, said, Alisa, you are showing grace. And I never really thought of it like that. But it's interesting to hear that word also in the midst of this challenge, in the midst of having grit and being resilient is grace. So something, something also there, you know, I think so. Well, and if you think about, if you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a very visual person, right? So this idea of gr with grace, I think of some, some, some bit of ease, right? So it's like, and that doesn't mean easy, No. but if I accept <laughs> it and if I'm, if I'm real, as you said, choosing how I'm going to move through it, tapping into that internal courage, wisdom, knowing um, whatever it might be and, and sort of flipping the switch on my own negativity and my own self-doubt. Um, what a beautiful definition of grace. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely like inspired by our conversation. I, I love it. Like weaving all of these profound, um, ideas, profound philosophies. It's amazing. amazing. And I also want to not lose the fact that you said, that you never arrived, right? It's like this lifelong because journey, journey, <laughs> it's a journey and be, and the, the triggers, right? There's things that trigger, trigger yes. us, like being asked yes. if you're technical or the reminder, because you're going to the oncologist on a regular basis. So you, you maybe right now are not, you know, in treatment, but you're, although I think that you are in some type and mm -hmm. then, um, yeah. but also, but but also just this idea that 
things can also, other things come up, right? You're always a woman of color in tech, regardless of what your title is, right? And I know yes. we talked in former, in former conversations around just all the hate crimes against the Asian community over the last yes. specifically year and a half. And just, it's yes. like, whoa, just when I think, right? Yes, between the Me Too movement, yeah. the Asian hate, Black Lives Matter, good grief. And COVID on top of that, there's a lot, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot to take in and there's a lot for all of us. That's why these conversations are so important and why I so appreciate you um, putting yourself out there to talk with me about this, because I think when we can be the change, right? Be the change by saying, okay, this, yeah, it's not necessarily easy to talk about this and put it out. And yet it makes me stronger. It makes us stronger. It builds connection. Um, I feel inspired, but others will too. Um, I want to read to you. Um, so you were, it's funny that we were talking about jewelry and grit and I follow, um, Brian Anthony's jewelry line. It's on, on Instagram and there's a necklace, um, that's actually called grit and uh-huh. So I'm going to send you a link, but and it's the grit collection. And so the description, he, they put a description on each one is she is unshakable, not because she doesn't know pain or failure, but because she always pushes through. So when you just said through, I thought, holy moly. And it says, because she always shows up and never gives up because she believes anything is possible, no matter the odds. She is just like a pearl made from grit, but full of grace. Oh my gosh. This is making me cry a little bit. And I now want to buy everything. <laughs> right. So I wasn't sure if I found it the other day, I took a screenshot. I wasn't sure if I was going to share it or not, but pushing through, you just talked about, you talked about gracefulness. I don't know. It just, grace, yeah. yeah so such synchronicity. Oh my I gosh. Share. I love it. It's actually making me tear up a little bit because, because this stuff that I'm sharing with you is definitely deep. Uh, it doesn't, it's not like my everyday, let's go have a meeting and talk right. about our the status of our project. So it's definitely hits home, but yeah. thank you for sharing that. And you are going to share that link with me. Right? I am. I, okay. yeah, okay. I am. So, so Elisa, how would you define, we've talked, you've talked about sort of the definition of grief and I loved your steps. So from grit, what is resilience? <laughs> I really love this word, I think, because it's so closely related to grit. And I looked it up, right? Because I, I you know, I, I, I use the word, but I looked it up. I saw the clinical definition, which I'm like, good grief. It boiled it down to mental processes and behaviors and promoting personal assets and protecting self from potential negative effects of stressors. I'm like, okay, um, that's actually, I love that, but it's not the human experience. Um, and then I also saw that resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Um, I don't actually necessarily agree that it needs to be quick because each of us defines speed differently. Right. I know of people who have defined quick as within a year's time. If you talk to someone like me, who's a bit of a spaz, it's definitely a shorter increment of time. But um, let me go back to to the two definitions. So grit is the courage to go through the challenge. Resilience is the end product of that process of going through the challenge. You achieve both, I believe, by training your mind to accept the challenge and the situation and choosing the quality of your thoughts, which will, which will determine your actions. 
I had this therapist and I love her. She unfortunately moved out to uh, Washington. Um, Dr. Schneider, I'm just going to say it out there. Um, I had this therapist who used this analogy of wind chime and challenges. She said that when you go through a challenge, it's like the wind moving through a wind chime. As the wind moves through that wind chime, it makes beautiful music and beautiful sound. If you don't go through it, you'll never hear it. So as you go through the challenge, which is choosing grit, the music that results from going through it, you create this tune, this music then becomes the, the, the end product and you become resilient. And that's partly why I think, um, and I love that you said it again, um, it is a lifelong journey of learning and adapting. At least it is for me. So those two words, choosing grit or grit and resilience go hand in hand. They just happen to be on the same, uh, if, if it was a sequence in the, in that process. Right. Um, but they, but you cannot have one without the other in my mind. Mm. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that? I, I, I love that. In fact, I always, as I'm reflecting, cause I think about for me, it's, I want me, myself and others, listeners to be able to take action steps from conversations, right. right? To be inspired. Right. And it's like thinking, I love the wind chime analogy. Um, and it almost is the opposite of that negative dialogue in your mind. And rather, rather than listening to that, listening to the beautiful music that's being created by through the, through the Going struggle. Through it. Right. And, and what I love about that is like what you're saying, when you sometimes focus on the negative, what happens is that you cannot hear or see what is the poss what's possible. But if you focus on that, there is something at the end of that, when you make that music, you come out not just stronger, but I think you come out a better human. You come out with so many lessons that you couldn't, that's the only thing hard about life. I always tell people this. I wish I knew the questions. If we can just learn the lessons all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Someone just give me the questions because I probably can ace it. But um, <laughs> but I think that's what that's the magic of life. It's it's scary and, and beautiful all at the same time. But when you focus only on the negative, and because it's hard, it's happening to me. It's scary. You many times we tend to shy away from it. Right? It's easier to hide sometimes or ignore. Or as my past therapist, Dr. Schneider said. Some people go around that wind chime, you know, and, and when you go around it, you never learn what was possible for you because you didn't go through it. Yeah, you avoided it. But then the next opportunity to go through a wind chime will come. And what is going to, you know, are you going to keep doing that? Because there's never anything that you will learn. And, and um, I remember hearing from the past CEO of IBM, um, I remember her saying that growth and comfort do not coexist. They don't at, at the same time. And so um, if you're, if you want to grow in as an individual, as a human, you cannot, you cannot be scared of being uncomfortable. And I think that's what this is about. There are going to be moments where you're, where you're going to feel alone as a woman in tech. I'm back in a team, um, you know, where I, I, definitely see the opportunity for more diversity, but um, I really love the fact that it's a very supportive environment. 
But, you know, many times we get hung up on, oh my gosh, I'm the only woman. No one understands me. But then instead of that, go through it and find where, you know, where could you start making the change so you won't be the only woman, right? Um, where could you start creating those networks, those com that community that can support you and elevate you? Um, this is stuff that until we can get to a parity, until women and men can feel like, you know, hey, we can do this together and you're not the lead and I'm not the lead, we're in it together. This stuff is still going to keep happening. There's still going to be bias. Um, we all have it. You know, we all have something. Um, I definitely have my own and I'm sure, Melissa, you have your own. And of course, yeah. But, but at the, and that's what makes us unique and human. And it's based on the things that we've learned in life and what we were taught. But it's up to us to choose what's right to choose beyond what we were born with or the trauma we've been through. Um, you know, I, you probably have read, you know, the, the, is it the, oh my gosh, that one book on, on the body keeps the score. No, it's, no. it's the one with the philosophers called, is it the, oh, I'm going to have to look it up, but okay. I love what he says around it's, it's by a philosopher from Lebanon, I believe. Um, I love what he says around, how you can just keep going on in life without all the pain and choose only the good things, but yet you won't be able to laugh with all your laughter and cry with all your tears. And, and I want to embrace life. And especially being a, a, a three-time cancer survivor, I'm always asked what has changed in my mind um, in terms of my mindset and I said, well, I think I'm even more present than I am than I was before. I also believe that I'm even, I practice even more gratefulness now. So I definitely do the whole journal at the end of the day uh, where I count my blessings and I write them down. And then I start my day with what I'm, what is my intention? Mm -hmm. So those are things that you could also do. So as you are, you know, you mentioned like, what are some things that you could do? I think practicing grace, gratefulness is practicing grace, practicing that also is practicing resilience, practicing, um, you know, acceptance is practicing choosing grit. So all of it kind of comes together. It is a bit of a soup sometimes, and it doesn't feel like a process, but I promise you when you accept it and embrace it and go through it, you'll find that there's this self that you never knew could go through all of that. I didn't never knew that I could make it through both of my parents' deaths and my own cancers. Never knew, but I have it. Um, I went through it. I didn't medicate, you know, um, I know some people, you know, need that help. I did it. I made a decision not to, um, because I, I needed to go through it and, and realize that death and disease is all a part of life. Mm. It's so beautiful. And I just actually had this thought of just how many beautiful wind chimes and what beautiful songs you got to experience through all of that. Um, of course, as much as you experienced the pain. Right. Right. And when you talked about um, move, like that your therapist had said, you can go around the wind chimes, you can avoid them. Sure. And, and that's part of this whole conversation too, though, is that we can choose not to accept or acknowledge, you know, we all have choice in that area. 
However, you know, how does that end up showing up? If not a wind chime, you know, does it show up? It shows up in our relationships. It may show up in our irritability, our stress levels are so many areas, right? When we're suppressing what's within us, what we're experiencing. And I think that's suppressing your intention is to protect yourself, right? But when you protect yourself and suppress, gosh, are you experiencing life? Because it's all of it and you have to welcome all of it. And that's scary. I get it. It's scary. I mean, and no one, unfortunately, like I wish I'll be honest with you. I'm older now. I wish I kind of knew this stuff when I was younger. Cause I was so insecure. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Right? I wish I'm totally. like, Oh, I wish I would have known this, but that's what comes with age and experience and going through it. Right. Yep. Um, you won't know this and no one could teach you. Your parents try to guide you as much as they can, but they're also going through their own Right. And, and it won't yes. be the same. We are our own people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not our parents. They are not us. Um, but I, I absolutely, I, I still think about Dr. Schneider and, and the wind chime. I, I still think about the, the wisdom of that, uh, of being able to, to see it for its beauty versus see it for its horror, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, because I love how my uncle, so just so you know, that whole quote around no one is immune from all the good things and all the bad things. And, you know, uh, actually comes from my uncle who's a, who was a, he's a retired philosophy professor. And um, he was also the one that taught me about how happiness is, is really governed by the quality of your thoughts mm-hmm. and it cannot come from someone else. It's, it's fleeting if you think it's going to come from someone else because it's never going to, it's still you. And I love how you said that also earlier, um, Melissa, around, you know, it's about self-reflection and awareness. You realize it's you that has the power to be happy, has the power to be fulfilled, has the power to get over these biases. Um, and, and it cannot come from outside Yes, it can, right? There's policies and, and things to, um, around bias and around harassment and all that that is helpful. But at the end of the day, it's still up to you to figure out how are you going to react and how are you going to address it? Um, I, We are emotional beings. And let me tell you, it's hard for me sometimes to not be emotional when I get <laughs> triggered. Mm-hmm. I laugh about it now, but in the moment, I'm always like, oh my God, oh my God, three to <laughs> like I'm like breathing, <laughs> right? Because I, I I realize I'm not breathing and nothing's going up in my brain. It becomes a fight or flight response. And uh, I want to be known as being intentional and thoughtful. Um, and so it's, it's a training. Um, when I saw the Dalai Lama years ago in San Diego, I didn't know what to expect, but everything he talked about was training your mind um, to be compassionate, training your mind to be patient. And, and there's so much wisdom in that because for so long growing up, I thought I I looked to others, um, you know, to your elders, to your parents. And as you grow older, you realize you have the power to, to really shape not only your mindset, but shape the future that you want um, for yourself. Absolutely. Oh, so beautiful. So inspiring. Um, I've loved this conversation. Elisa, oh, thank you so I much. I love spending time with you. And thank you for inviting me. This stuff is 
you know, I think this stuff is the kind of things I love to listen to. So I did listen to uh, uh, the la- the two podcasts, yes. yeah, the yeah. two podcasts. Yeah. And so I, I listened to them and I, and I was inspired too, because I'm like, oh, and I, you know, took a couple of notes here and there, because I think there's so much that we can learn from each other. And that really takes humility because we, none of us have all the answers and all of us have found our way to where we are today. Um, and there's so much wisdom in that and, and experience. And so I'd love, I love learning mm-hmm. about this, right? Cause yeah. there is no one magic answer. Nope. There, there isn't. Nope. So is there anything you like, tell us about your podcast, anything, um, where can we find you and some of your wisdom? Yeah. Um, well, um, I'm actually going to be starting a new set of podcasts. Um, my previous podcast was with Intuit. It was called tech heroes. You can go to Apple, uh, or SoundCloud to find it. Um, and now I have, uh, like awesome Lucy Shen is, is starting to do them uh, at Intuit, but I am going to be launching a new set of podcasts. Actually, to be honest, I am looking into TikTok right now. Uh, oh, to, how fun is that? Yeah. Like one of my girlfriends uh, is uh, suggested because I do so much work for women owned uh, micro businesses. And I'm so passionate about, I don't know if you know about like women in, in business, in, in these, in, uh, entrepreneurs, I don't know if you know that less than 3% of startups led by women, um, less than 3% of them will get VC funding. Um, I don't know if you know that, uh, less than 14% of, uh, small business loans in the U S will go to women owned businesses. And so for me, it's really important to help women. Um, and, um, and, and so, Wait, I don't even know where I'm going here because well, I'm going just, on my, my you're podcast. You're going with a new podcast yes, around that, or TikTok. You're going to TikTok. Yes. We're going to see you TikTok. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, some of the things I've learned with working with women in, in our micro businesses. So I, let me tell you, I'm a little bit, I, I feel old because I, I'm still like learning the freaking tool, um, yes. but it is something that I'm, I'm looking into, um, but I am going to be launching a new set of podcasts at, um, with Autodesk and their technologists um, soon. So that'll be in 2022. So I'm excited to, to see that, but you all can always find me on medium. I'm always blogging there or LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Great. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Melissa. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, hearing how this all turns out as a podcast and, and promoting it as well. I think what you are, you and your organization are doing, um, in sharing these voices, sharing these perspectives is not only timely, but I think it can actually save people. Mm. I think it can actually help not only, you know, in a situation that they're in, but I think it can help people as they grow, as they, as they grow, whether it's grow old or, you know, grow in their career, but also grow just spiritually as well. Um, so thank you for doing this. Thanks. That's the hope. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Well, what a gift that conversation was with Elisa. Um, I have so much that I am reflecting on. I think the biggest is um, this idea of where are the wind chimes? Where are the things in life that may be, maybe I'm avoiding or maybe I'm going through. Where are those challenges? What's feeling hard or what's feeling 
hurtful mm-hmm. and to one, just accept and maybe even write it down. This relationship is feeling hurtful right now, or this project is really difficult for me right now, whatever it might be. Writing that down and acknowledging that to oneself is that acceptance. And as Elisa said, then helping us to tap into our grit, our internal grit. Once I've accepted that, it's asking, so what am I telling myself? What's my internal dialogue or language in my mind about this right now? What negative thoughts am I telling myself about myself, about others, about the situation being hopeless? You know, what is that? And sitting with that for a minute. And then how do I want to choose to go through it? And where is the music? Where are the good parts? And maybe those good parts are just, what are the parts of me that are going to move through this and choose to do something different or choose to be a change in something? But I, I think, you know, how will I move through it so that I can hear the music, hear how it's serving me, rather than getting stuck in avoidance or defensiveness? I hope that you have taken something from this as much as I have, and that you'll tune in for the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining Pathways to Resilience, an initiative of Community Solutions. Please visit us at www.communitysolutions.org.